Hello and welcome to Then and Now. I'm Vivian Bailey and each month we visit our radio archives. Our focus is on people who have supported the local community in various roles. Nothing is constant in the world, our community and how we look at it and the people interviewed have changed. We take a fresh look at many of the subjects covered in past programmes and compare them with current perspectives and trends. Hello, this is Then and Now, and today we welcome Otaki-based artist, printmaker and kite maker, Yvonne de Mill, into the studio. Welcome, Yvonne. Hello. Yvonne, you are internationally recognised as a kite maker. You were the instigator of the popular Otaki Kite Festival, now held annually on Otaki Beach, and also a key organiser of that inaugural event in March 2013. So I thought, how did all how did all this come about? What made you decide to make kites, and what made you decide to have a community kite festival? These big questions. Right. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I've been a kite maker for a very long time. I, think I started in about 1986. Okay. Making kites. Um, started helping um, my. Uh, he became my husband. <laughs> so love at a first. Man. Love at first kite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we, I was, were helping him to make some kites, and then sort of we got together and oh, we started a was business this in, New Zealand? in Christchurch. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we started a business, and we did lots of craft shows and that sort of thing. And sort of a, a travelling sort of type business, do you mean? Well, we had based in Christchurch. And f- no, we we had a shop in Christchurch, oh, right. um, but we also did craft shows once a month, which travelled around I the country. See. So it was a quite busy time. Yeah, sounds busy. Yeah, you have to be very organised. Yeah. So the decision to make kites sort of came from your husband. <laughs> Initially, <laughs> yes. Um, they were just sort of But you had something. to be a bit arty. You must have liked arty type things. Yes, well, that, I mean, I took it a step further and made what we now call show kites, you know. So oh, yes, bigger, magnificent, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Kites and designs, so, designs. So how long were you in Christchurch doing these, this shop and the events and things? Uh, so 10 years, I think, okay. or 12 years. 12 right, years. okay, and then it was old tacky, and from that it then it grew to the community kite festival that sounds like a giant leap actually it was a giant leap so well actually we came to wellington and we gave up the kites oh did you and we did other things and not not art based well i did i started painting and and then i moved to otaki Mm -hmm. uh, in 2011 Mm -hmm. and i bumped into annie bithel who owned a local shop and we were chatting and she I was trying to encourage me to join this promotions group that they were setting up to oh, promote Otaki. Otaki, yes, yes. And I um, mentioned that, you know, I'd organised quite a lot of kite festivals in the past. and So she saw me as an organiser, I suppose, and yes, invited an me to, to go onto yes. the committee. A valuable Which person. I did. <laughs> um, but there was no talk of kite festival to begin okay. with. Um, but really what we were trying to do was to promote the Otaki shopping area, you know. Yes. Was that the, 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 down by the beach, that end, or the main highway? Not the main highway. Not this the main was highway. part of the problem. People didn't even know 
that the other yeah. town existed. So yeah, we started village, just yeah. colloquially calling it the village just yes. to separate the two. Yes. Um, and so they were looking for some ideas for how we could promote this village mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. um, and the first thing we did actually was a lantern festival. Oh, and which was also a, a street party because the, the oh. new street, the street had been refurbished yes. and yes. it had been a difficult thing for locals and yes. so they wanted to celebrate that. Oh, it was finished. a feel-good thing. Yeah, yeah. and Positive. I'd always been keen to have a lantern festival because at that point there weren't very many in New Zealand. Now no. there are quite a few around the place. And oh. um, so, so yeah, we did this lantern uh, street party and it was amazing we couldn't believe how many people turned up oh i can believe that so what year would that have been about roundabout uh that would have been 2012 okay. i think yeah. yeah um so it was kind of around matariki time as well oh lovely so it's really nice and i went to all the local schools and did kite, um oh. lantern making with all the oh, kids wow. so we had so many people turn up it was such a fun event. I can really imagine that mm. taking off. I can't remember it. I think I can't remember if we were in Otaki living there at that time, but I can imagine that that would have taken off in Otaki. Yeah. would have appealed, mm. and yes, and the Matariki links is lovely. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, but then, so we were all very happy about the success of that event, and then they were thinking about other events, mm. and I said, said, well, why don't we have a kite festival? And I've got a few funny looks. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> a few upturned noses. Oh. And it's because a people hate type well, kite image, maybe not quite Possibly usual. if you haven't ever been to a kite festival, no. then you don't really know what it is. No. And so I just suggested that I get a few of my kite flying mates along. And they mm. and we flew down at the beach, and then the committee came down and had a look, and then they had a different look on their face oh, <laughs> when wow. they saw the kites. They sort of went, ah, I see. That must have been such a buzz time for you, particularly. Oh, you know, yeah. my ideas taking on. You know, yeah. I mean, you get carried away with, with I do when I'm organising <laughs> something, and yeah. you believe in it, and you want everyone else to believe in it, yeah. don't you? Yeah. yeah. So, but we never dreamed that it would become the event that it is no. now. You know, it's just going to be a little be local a event, sort of. Yeah, thing, not, maybe. I mean, a lot of work with schools that that year too, and so. The first the kite making. Yeah, lots of kite making yeah. around all the local schools. And Colleges and primaries. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as far as I think, we had some guides and scouts. Oh, yes. And Paraparomu. And oh, that would have been so cool. Yes. It was, it was really successful again. Um, and we did actually have a school's day, that first one. And it was so wonderful going down to the beach and hearing all this squealing yeah. and delight. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, because all these little paper kites have been making, we're all flying. It was a perfect day. So oh, it was, like today. Yes, yeah, yes. So it was, it was great. Yes. Well, one of the things I noted was that the the event brings together local businesses, like you said, school children and members of the local and the wider community too, not just Cavity, well, not yeah. just Oltaki. Mm. Yeah. Not now anyway, no. yes. I expect initially it was more um, local community, was it? It was, but yeah. it's just been building over mm. the years. Mm. Um, yeah, and we sort of involved local businesses. Uh, we, I was making kites with people's logos on them. There's a partic particular see. type of kite called yeah. a rokaku, which is a fighting kite. Yes. So for a few years there, we had the rokaku challenge, 
amongst the local businesses. So, so then with a name like that, now is that? I mean, I think of kites as Asian, Japanese, or Chinese, or something. But that sounds a little Maori, but maybe it's uh, not. No, it is Japanese. It it's, is it's Japanese. Japanese. Okay. Obviously, Maori make traditional kites. Yes, that's what I thought. So, mm. so, so as it's evolved, I guess you've incorporated the different cultures, or people have bought different culturally based kites. Yeah, yep. I mean, nobody really knows where it started, <laughs> um, but okay. China, I think, yeah. is. Um, the favourite place. China <laughs> to say is it that? Started the in traditional China. sort of place. Yeah, yeah. So, accepted. <laughs> yeah. Um, so China and obviously J- Japan. There's a lot of different styles of kites mm. that are all named after the place that they um, started making them. I say. Like, um, some of those names have changed now, but. Oh, okay. Like the Edo, which I think was used to be the name for for Tokyo. I think. Oh, really. Okay, but it's still a kite called Anita. <laughs> yes, if you said Tokyo, I'd know where you meant, but yeah. the other word would be just like, no, nah, over mm, the head. Edo, perhaps it's pronounced. Um, yeah, and I just, well, the last, it's probably a couple of years since I've seen one, but I was just amazed by the variety. Um, I mean, it's not just, um, and I love these, but, you know, it's not the sort of triangle with the flowing ribbons and things. There's lots of, um, they look like blow-up type kites, mm. is that right? Well, they are inflatable. Inflatable, um, yes. Yeah, and the, the, they have a pilot kite which takes holds oh. them up, really. Oh, um, I, I see. mean, they will fly on their own, but they're quite um, cantankerous. Yeah, they look, they, look, they look a bit cumbersome. And yeah. dangerous, yeah. Oh. So, um, so they usually have a pilot kite to lift oh. them up. Uh, but then they don't have any sticks in them at all. Oh, so that, I see. That's quite a variation on the original, isn't it? Well, yeah. as we know it, yes. Yeah. I've only got one like that, but I don't fly it very often because it's pretty. Da- I don't have a pilot kind. Oh, right. So. <laughs> and it's um, it could be too too dangerous, really. Mm. And it depends on the wind. If you've got perfect mm. wind, then yeah. Well, the beach, any beach, tends to have a bit of wind, doesn't it? Or yeah. In New Zealand, it does anyway. And you know, mm. one of the rules of kite flying is to make a symmetrical. A symmetrical kite, but okay. of course I like to break the rules, and a lot of mine are asymmetrical, <laughs> which makes them a lot harder to fly to get it? up. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You must be a rebel at heart. <laughs> <laughs> Something. <laughs> and I also read that you'd made kites for VIPs, like musicians and politicians. And I thought, I wonder who for Jacinda. <laughs> No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, Think you um, might have missed your chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, um, David Longy had one, and um, oh, cool. Ruth Richardson bought one in a t- at a telethon. We, we'd put a kite in for the. Do you remember the telethon? Yes, uh, remember the telethon. So she yes. she thought she knew who made it because oh. she thought it was the. Peter Lynn who oh. had uh, makes those big inflatables. Oh, I see. So. But anyway. Yeah, that was fun though, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, it makes you yeah. feel special. And um, UB40. Oh, wow. Got, had one. I don't know if they still got it, but who else did we well, like oh, spiritual of, things, I think. Yes. Right? Stopped me yeah, they are. I don't know. Maybe well, it's the freedom of it, or the apparent freedom of it all. Um, sort of magical, really. They're magical, hanging, yes. Hanging up yeah. <laughs> in the sky. Yeah, yeah no, I think they're beautiful. Um, but you also work in, in different media, such as painting, printing, and installation art. And maybe just go back to our, some of our early conversation. We, when did your actual art career begin? Uh, that was when I, when we came up to Wellington and it I was. started painting then. Okay. It was in 1998, I think. 
Okay. Um, so I've got something here from UK, from UK, but does that mean you were born in UK? I was born in the yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah. so the, the career thing didn't start until you came. No. Okay. So how would you describe your artwork? <laughs> Perhaps I should quote your words back at you, and then and then you can comment because it's such okay. it's huge scope, isn't it? Well, I, you, I don't know if it was on your website or somewhere. Unusual and thought provoking prints and paintings reflecting the vagaries of human nature. Yes. I don't know if they're your words or counsel, perhaps. Or I can't remember who put that together, mm. but it sounded quite good, didn't that it? It sounds wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, d- I did do um, some prints um, that sort of touch on that. I've, uh, one of them is called uh, How Far Does the Fruit Fall? Oh, yes. And it's sort of about how we, what we imprint on our children. Oh, and wow. How we behave with our children and how we behave when no one's looking oh, as well. That's <laughs> so it's quite deep, deep isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, that's scary. <laughs> I did do a, actually, I was in the UK at the time. I uh, had a studio in Truro down in Cornwall and I, oh, I did yes, a whole range of lovely. paintings actually that were people half on and half off oh, the yes. canvas. Oh. So it was still the same kind of theme really, you know, with, there's only you only show the world show part of yourself. And that's what, very true, isn't you it? Know, and uh, sort of pondering about. That's why children are wonderful, because you get the whole deal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do. They don't censor anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, but they learn, sadly. Well, I guess they have to learn. Okay, yes, no, that's interesting. Um, and so from all of this conversation and what I've read, that it's the local community is, is very special to you and you were passionate about building communities as you mm. say working with schools corporations health institutions community and art groups and that all sounds a lot and very busy so I wondered what does this evolve, involve are you still doing all of all of that some some <laughs> um, I uh, Mahara Gallery has been very generous yes. in offering me opportunities to work there and quite often do workshops there oh, that, that yes, tie in with you do, don't you? either with the kite festival or yes. or with Matariki oh, yes. or with whatever they've got you know the theme e- exhibited of you, at yes, the time. Yeah. So I've done quite a lot of work. So there that's been Janet quite a, a continuous, regular sort of. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. Mm, so that's good. And um, so you would be selling your work from the exhibition, um, or is that is it a workshop that they work workshops? Or they have had an exhibition mm. um, at Mahara with Michael Tuffery a couple of years ago, which was very successful. Oh, quite. And we did some workshops around that as well. Yes, so one thing leads to another. Yes, sort of, I'm yeah. not doing all those things all of the time. No, but no, no, I, mean, no, I, think, I see what you mean. It's not all when they, yeah, 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 yeah that's the, right. Things ebb and flow and, you know, the um, Matariki was quite big at Mahara a couple of years ago, yes. so there was quite a lot of... Yes, I remember. Mm. activities around mm. that. Well, a lot of things were quite big a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, yes. Yes, it's so changed in the last yes, few years, gone sort of slightly sideways, haven't mm. we? Out of our control, though, yeah. So one thing that, that interested me, um, you were trained in various art therapies, and I thought perhaps our listeners would like to know about that. For example, the, the art of health, and I note you've worked at Sunnyside Hospital in Christchurch. So... 
when you talk about those things? Oh, the, the sunny side, I'd forgotten all about that. That was a very mm. long time ago. Was it? We did a week-long uh, install, um, artist in residence with some other artists as well. It was hugely successful, but unfortunately... They didn't have any funding to no. carry on that sort of thing. But that what was, a shame. I mean, that's now, if from memory, Sunnyside is for people with mental issues or mental health, health, yeah. mental health um, issues. But it's not. It's been. I don't know if it's, it's closed, been closed or renamed. I thought perhaps. Yeah, it's yeah. Not been around for a long time. No. I, yes, yeah. I thought that also. Yeah. Um, I can see how artwork would work with that. Mm. Yeah, and and the art of health is that of a similar nature or? So art of health is from Taruna College up in. Havelock North, uh-huh. and it's it's using art as a therapy. So it's not about being an artist. It's not there's no expectation that you're going to have a piece of artwork when you're finished. It's more about the process. Yes, and I it's like very the sound helpful of that. for people. Mm. You know, with all kinds of be very issues. very useful at the moment. Yeah. Yes, it would. I would think. Mm. With, with there's a lot of anxiety and mm. anger and, well, just emotion in general, yeah. mostly negative. So mm. and also I've noticed over the years that people have a fear of art. Yes. No, <laughs> no, I think I know what you mean because you think you've got to be perfect right from the beginning because mm. I, I feel like that, you know, yeah. and but that's why no I've never started. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's a shame mm. because it's, I know. it's really just about using the materials. It's not... Mm. It's not about making a piece of artwork. Mm. I mean, if you happen to make something you like, that's mm. a bonus. But yes. It's, it, I yeah, can so understand what you're saying. It's a beautiful process. feeling to just have put colour on a brush and yeah. just paint. Just you know, let your hand go just, yeah. wherever it wants to or go. Or some charcoal and just get yes. really messy. Yes. You know, it's, um, it's Yes, liberating. I love colour. I'm attracted to paintings by the colours. So mm. I, I've always thought if I went that way, it would be the colours that drove that drove mm, me, mm. rather than the image itself. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd um, probably be like a Charles painting, but there, there I go well, again. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one of the things that I've, it's quite upsetting in a way that a mm. lot of people have got hangovers from when they were at school, yeah. where a, a teacher has scorned mm, their work. That's right. And then they never pick up a brush no. again. It's yes, really I, sad. Yes, I can vouch, vouch for that. Mm. Yes, third form art and we had to sort of do everything with rulers and it was all measured and mm. I thought it was going to be wondrously free and <laughs> 13 mm. year old dreams. And so I never went back because that, mm. that wasn't me and I didn't do it very well because yeah. I hate maths. Um, yeah, yeah, so at the end of my art career. <laughs> well, that's a shame. <laughs> Well, I write, so maybe maybe it oh, sort of went true. slightly yeah. sideways there. But um, mm. Mm, so it's interesting what you're saying. Dear. Well, I would say there are no mistakes. There are no mistakes. In fact, oh, that's lovely. quite sometimes the mistakes are your best work. Really? So you have to free yourself up mm. to allow yourself so to make freedom. mistakes because mm. it can take you on a totally different path that you really like. Yes. <laughs> it's almost sort of like exploring that part of your mind, your brain, that you sort of shut off a wee bit, isn't it? Mm, yeah, nice. which we do. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I had yoga this morning, perhaps you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, and this is another thing I read. I think it might have been your bio on um, the internet. It says your recent, wo- your recent work explores the irresistible force of war and the invisibility of the aged in Western culture. And I thought, wow. <laughs> so can you explain these concepts? Because I thought they were so interesting. Because I certainly get the invisibility of the aged. Mm. Yes. Probably everybody who's <laughs> over 50 <laughs> who's aged? understands that. <laughs> um, so when I, I actually 
never had the opportunity to go to university when mm-hmm. I was younger. Uh, so I finally went and graduated. Oh, wonderful. In um, 2016. Oh, wonderful. And for the final year, we had to do a solo exhibition. Yes. And it was when the commemorations of the First World War were happening. And I was lucky oh, enough. Yes. I was looking for an atrium and I found the National Library atrium oh. and they said that I could put my exhibition in there, oh, which wow. was very exciting. Very exciting. And Hallowed ground. <laughs> yeah. But, the, but yeah. I had to have their theme, which was the First World War. Oh, I see. So that at first was a bit of a struggle, I suppose. Yes. I wasn't quite sure how what I was yes. going to do. I didn't want to. It's, but gloomy, isn't it? Well, and that's, I didn't want people to come away feeling Down. desperately sad. No. <laughs> um, but obviously it was a very sad thing that happened. Yeah. But um, so I learned a lot from that, mm. that time. And I realized that nobody really wants to be at war. No. That people get drawn up in this yes. maelstrom, which is what I called the exhibition. I called oh. it maelstrom. Oh, very because good. Because it was like an irresistible that. force mm. that um, mm. people were mm. drawn up mm. into. And uh, so it really made you think about the whole thing, didn't it? In, yeah, in a different way, it did. Yes, it did. And I, so I made an installation of massive silk panels that were on sort of a oh, stretcher-like um, frame. And we, there was two atriums there. So one was like the calm before the storm. Oh yes. And then the, the second one was the maelstrom, where everything right. was all mixed up. Yes, turmoil. S- turmoil. Mm. Mm. And I painted those silks um, th- over 24 hours oh. um, because I used the motif from the at uh, the going down of the sun. And oh. in the morning we will remember them. Yes. And so I painted them at different times of the day over 24 hours as a nod to that. Wow, that, that was quite, you know, you must have been very committed and it must have been very hard work and very focused and... Mm. It, it was, and it was <laughs> successful. I mean, did lots of people? I mean, did you get did, did, the exhibitions get reviews and things? Don't they? Was it reviewed well or? Um, or not? Well, it was, but um, <laughs> you know, I didn't not not widely, but it well, was, it's it like was well you have to make your name, don't you? It's like anything in the creative art mm, world, yeah. 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 And, uh, like it's, writing, it was, mm. yeah, it was a fabulous place to exhibit. So, what do you just just out of interest? What, once you've done these lovely things, do people do you have them for sale then, or do you take them back home and put them in the shed, or what happens? That's exactly what I've done, <laughs> taking it back home and put it in the shed. Mm, mm. Um, I keep thinking about possibly um, trying to exhibit it again. Yes. I don't know that the context is yeah the, but the malt you know the the tumult and things like that is almost a wee bit like present day mm, how we are mm, currently mm. you could you could yeah sort of bend it around to fit <laughs> to fit i don't know i don't yeah. know if that's a good thing or not really but well um, i recycle a lot of things so mm, why not oh that's good exhibition? when you think you know yeah, oh, i see <laughs> <laughs> okay well, Yvonne, you and your artwork were part of the recent Capity Arts Trail where we chatted. And so what now for Yvonne de Mille? What Will there be another Otaki Kite Festival, COVID permitting perhaps? Well, we're planning on the one. Are you? Um, I'm, I'm not one of the organisers anymore, but obviously I'm still involved. Involved, yeah. And we're planning on going ahead 
in Feb- last weekend in February. Yeah, I knew it was early summer. I couldn't so remember. So hopefully yes. nothing will happen that will No, and it's it. on the beach and open and, mm. yeah. Think. Well, we're not having any international flies this year. Oh, you know, oh no, well, I guess you can't, no. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, but it's on, in a way it's come back to its roots, so that's no bad thing in a way. No, well, mm. we didn't have any last year either, and we had more people than we've oh, ever had. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe people like that. Yeah. Like, mm. I've never seen so many people at the beach. Oh, yes. Well, it's a big beach. <laughs> well, I mean, when I first came here and I first went to Otaki Beach, yes. I, the, my first thought was... Fabulous place for yeah, the kite festival. It is. It's, it's, it is. I think it's the nicest beach actually on the coast. It's got something spiritual about Nautaki Beach. Mm. I mean, I love them all. Mm. Um, but yeah. Well, look, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us, Yvonne. I've learned mm-hmm. a lot, and I'm sure the listeners have also. Um, and for those interested in your work or art workshops, are you happy to share your contact details there? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they can go to oh, dub 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 Yvonne D. Mill. Dot co dot nz yes. or, or ydmill at gmail.com or o two seven double four two three one zero six. Got that all right? Uh, yes, yeah. that's all correct. All right. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks again, Yvonne. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Then and Now with me, Vivian Bailey. Listen again for another program when we will revisit another Then and Now. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.